Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is December 21st. I'm Steven Massa. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my recap of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. So to get right into it, the Miami Dolphins defeated the New England Patriots by a score of 22-12 on Sunday. The win pushes the Dolphins to 9-5. They are inching closer to that coveted wild card spot, and the loss knocks the Patriots to 6-8, eliminating them from the playoffs for the first time since 2008. So it's been a long time since anyone could say this, but the Miami Dolphins ran all over their opponent. The Dolphins finished this game with 250 yards rushing as a team. That's the most they have had in a game since December of 2016. And if you remember, that was a game back when Jay Ajayi had over 200 yards rushing against the Bills. So if we take a deeper look here at this one, the running game was a key part of this game. Both teams presented difficult secondary respectively with their defenses and they were generally regarded as hard defenses to throw on and then if you add on top of that the Dolphins entered this game without Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, and Jakeem Grant. The Patriots were once again without Julian Edelman and they were left with one of the more underwhelming receiver units in the entire league so with all that being said it was hard to imagine either of these teams really having success through the air so to the ground it was and that's how this game went. Running back Savon Ackman he had the best game of his young career. The rookie finishes game with 122 rushing yards and a touchdown. Now, as many saw earlier in the season, Ahmed displays a terrific north and south style of running, using his burst in the moment he finds any sliver of a gap to just hit that hole hard and get where he's going. He was able to break off several big runs, including a 31-yard run, which was the longest rush for the Dolphins this season. Then, after the game, a report came out, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported after the game that Ahmed's grandmother is in the hospital. Ahmed had apparently told her that he would rush for 100 yards for her, and that was a feat that a Dolphins player hadn't accomplished since back in 2018. But yet, Savan Ahmed was able to come out here and accomplish that, that mission he went out for, and he really did a terrific job in this game. He went truly above and beyond, putting the offense on his back. Again, it was a game that required the Dolphins, who had an underwhelming rushing attack so far this season it required them to have success and he was able to accomplish that now it wasn't only him because running back Matt Breida also had a terrific game here Breida finished the game 86 yards rushing and an average of 7.2 yards per carry now entering this game the Dolphins single game rushing leader was Miles Gaskin with 91 so Matt Breida who wasn't even the lead rusher of this game had 86 so seeing Ahmed exceed that number and then having Breida nearly hit that number in the same game was extremely impressive. Now, Ahmed also converted on what was a very exciting two-point conversion. Tungo Vailoa threw a short pass to Isaiah Ford, which Ford quickly lateral to an already in-stride Ahmed who was running around his side. It was a nice little hook-in-ladder style play and undeniably one of Chan Gailey's most unique plays.
play calls this season. I saw him getting a ton of praise on Twitter, and I think that was uh, rightfully so. That was a great play call. Now, as expected in the preview piece, it was not necessarily a great game for either of the quarterbacks in terms of uh, passing the ball. Rookie quarterback Tua Tungvaluwa finished the game 20 for 26, 145 yards, one interception, and he had two rushing touchdowns. Now, Tungvaluwa was primarily a game manager in this one, but given the success the Dolphins were having on the ground, I don't think that's a bad thing at all to say. In the fourth quarter, Tungvaluwa had this very creative three-yard run for a touchdown. He planted his foot right hard in the dirt, was able to juke right and make a defender miss, and then he looked as fired up as he had all season when he was celebrating with the team. It was one of those moments that made you realize that this is going to be a great team to watch for years to come. Now, uh, for Tua, he probably had one of his worst mistakes, I would say, as a professional in this game. In the first quarter, the Dolphins were able to drive down the field and reach New England's three-yard lines. And then here on a play, he had an open Lynn Bowden Jr. who was heading towards the shallow area of the end zone, heading towards that front pylon. Now, Bowden was open initially, but Tungabailoa took a while to get through his reads and look over to Bowden. And by the time that he tried to make that throw, the pressure had already broken through. So Tua made a throw as he was being hit. He lofted the ball up. It was intercepted by New England's J.C. Jackson in the end zone. And just overall, a very bad uh, bad mistake from Tua on that play. Now, aside from that one play and maybe a few other mi uh, minor errors, such as uh, taking a sack instead of throwing the ball away, I think Tua did a fine job at managing this game. Now, it was another game that featured a heavy dose of receiver Lynn Bowden Jr., who was already becoming a fan favorite. Bowden led the team team in targets in this game coming down with six of the seven passes that were thrown his way for 37 yards. Bowden showed his electric style of running in the open field on this nine yard run. It was a double reverse kind of things went a little bit wrong and he was able to still uh, make up uh, make several players miss and turn it into a very nice and exciting gain running across the field. Uh, now Bowden has many thinking that he could be a long term impact player for this team and it truly is encouraging to see how much he has kind of bought into the culture here. You can truly tell that he looks at these guys like they are a family and that he wants to be a part of the team's long-term success. Now, tight end Durham Smythe here led the team in receiving with 40 yards on five catches, and Adam Shaheen had one catch for 15 yards. Shaheen had a terrific run after the catch on his reception, and I think the duo did a respectable job here, uh, filling in for the loss of Mike Isiki, reeling in six of the seven passes that were were thrown their way. Now, with the success at the running game here uh, they had in this game, it's very telling how well the offensive line performed. This was one of their better games all season, arguably their best when you look at how well they ran the ball. They were opening up these beautiful running lanes, and Tungavailoa, though he was sacked twice in this game, I will say the second sack, Tungavailoa left the pocket, and the receivers were completely blanketed. Uh, the tackles appeared to get beat on that play, but it was still a coverage sack. I would say more than anything. On the first sack, I think it's hard to blame the offensive line. Safety Adrian Phillips came in untouched, and Savon Ahmed was unable to slow him down in the slightest bit. Phillips blew right past him for a routine sack on Tua. Overall, though, I thought it was a great game from the offensive line. Now, as we move on here to talk about the defense, defensively, it was another sound game from Miami. As stated before, nearly everyone expected the Patriots to rely on the ground game, given their struggles at at passing the ball, and that's exactly what they did. The Patriots were doing a pretty respectable job when it came to running the ball initially.
Philly. Running back Sony Michelle was filling in for Damian Harris, and Michelle finished the game 74 yards on 10 carries. So over seven yards a carry, that is pretty good. Cam Newton also had some some success with his legs. He picked up 38 yards rushing, and at one point even powered through a tackle by Zach Sealer to pick up a few extra yards. Now that's just about all the negatives I would say from the Dolphins' defense. Uh, receiver Jacoby Myers had a pretty big day, raking in seven catches for 111 yards, but he had this massive fumble in the game. Future Defensive Player of the Year, Xavier Howard here, Strip Myers, allowing Alanded Roberts to recover. Just an awesome play, a heads-up play by Xavier Howard. As many should already know, he leads the NFL in interceptions. He had five consecutive games heading into this one with an interception, though he did not record one in this game. His takeaway streak will continue with that forced fumble. Now, I will say he did have this opportunity where he likely would have had yet another interception, but Kyle Van Noy went for this leaping grab in front of him and failed to come down with the pick. Now, I will say, of course, this can't be used against Van Noy. I see a lot of people are kind of uh, roasting him on Twitter for that. You know, you can't see what's happening behind you and just take a chance that the guy behind you isn't open. I don't think that's the right way to look at it, but it really just goes to show that Howard's monstrous interception total right now could be even larger when you consider that plays like that happen, and he's also had some drops. Now, a defensive tackle, Zach Sealer, had a huge sack on Cam Newton in the fourth quarter. Emmanuel Ogba, who had not recorded a sack in his last four games, uh, he got his ninth sack of the season. His nine sacks are ninth in the NFL right now. Uh, linebacker Alandon Roberts led the team in tackles with nine, and Jerome Baker had yet another solid game with eight tackles and a sack. So overall, the Dolphins defense, I think, did a very good job. They came up big on third downs, holding the Patriots to a two of seven conversion rate and allowing Miami to kind of dominate the time of possession battle. So to get into my takeaways from this game, uh, the first one was that Tua was a game manager today, and that's perfectly fine. And I will say that the term game manager typically has this negative connotation that is associated with it. And I will say I'm somebody who kind of uh, uses game manager in a negative light when it comes to evaluating a quarterback, but there's a difference from being a game manager for a day and being labeled a game manager. There are instances across the NFL where a, a great elite quarterback just won't have to do much because the game flow isn't forcing him to do much. Russell Wilson just this week had 121 yards passing in a win against the Washington football team, but no one is going to say that Wilson is a bad quarterback or a, just a game manager because of it. Yet, I see people people on Twitter, particularly this one reporter from the Boston area saying that the Dolphins somehow did not trust Tua in this game and that his low production numbers were due to them not trusting him. I think more than likely it's because they were running, averaging over seven yards a carry and totaling 250 yards on the ground. If you don't have to throw the ball, then why would you throw the ball? I think it's just common sense and I don't understand why Tua is getting so much criticism after this game. So to go back to that game manager label, I think the the label game manager is bad when that is your total limit. 
when it comes down to those big moments and your team needs you for a win and the ball needs to be in your hands and you need to drive the field or be in a shootout, but you can't do it because you're just a game manager, that's when I think it's an issue. But I can't say that about Tua. Just because he was managing this game doesn't mean he will be a game manager in those big moments. We saw how he looked against Arizona. We saw how he looked against the Chiefs when he didn't even have weapons yet. He kept the team in that game. And then even against the Bengals, he was throwing the ball extremely well. So just because he didn't really have to do much and he was maybe a game manager in this game, I don't think that's an instance where this should become his label that he can't do more because we've seen instances where yes, he can do more than that. Now, my next takeaway here is that I'm not sure Savan Ahmed is the true answer at the running back position in terms of, you know, the long-term future of this team, but he needs to be taken more serious because Ahmed now is averaging 4.6 yards on the season. He hasn't really had a single really bad performance as the lead back of this team. And in the open space, his quickness just really does stand out. So I know a lot of people are clamoring for going for one of these big name backs in the draft or maybe even going after a potential free agent addition like Aaron Jones. And I'm not going to try to argue because Ahmed had a good game here that the Dolphins shouldn't also look at that. But what I'm going to say is that maybe Ahmed could be a valuable part of this team. You know, I'm thinking potentially... Like how the Packers use Aaron Jones, but yet Jamal Williams still steps up in those big situations. We see other teams utilize kind of the, that change of pace back per se. So again, I'm not sure Savan Ahmed is truly the long-term answer here. And I do think the Dolphins may be able to do better, but I do think he is somebody to take serious at this position. Now, my last takeaway from this game is that the Dolphins' ability to adapt can really make them a true threat in the playoffs. Now, after every game, I have some criticisms about the team and those aren't to say that the team is playing poorly but it's just to say that these are some things I think the team could improve on initially I criticized their ability to stop elite receivers and guess what they stepped up big by becoming one of the best defenses in the league against the pass I criticized their ability to stop the run and we saw last week they held Clyde Edwards Hilaire to two yards per carry I criticized their ability to run the ball and yet here they are picking up 200 and 50 yards on the ground today. So they may have a ton of room to improve and to be more consistent at things, but when it comes to adapting and making changes based on their opponent, they are doing terrific this season. They can really make a massive disruption in the playoffs if they get to that point. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you have any questions or topics, things you would like for me to cover on future episodes, feel free to send them to me on Twitter. That is at via the source and at Shady Steven. If you'd like to follow me, also feel free to do so. If you enjoyed the episode, uh, you know, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It goes a long way and I would greatly appreciate it. To all my supporters, you guys, it truly does mean a lot and I can't thank you guys enough for listening and tuning in so much and all the kind words. It really does go a long way. Guys, until next time though, I'm Steven Masso and this was Via the Source.